0: Welcome to The Musings of Our Hearts, a jesus youth podcast on the lives of saints.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you for listening to us and all our crazy thoughts sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we find it such a joy to be able to reflect on these saints and these um, men and women that the Lord has Revealed his glory through. Today we have a very interesting saint. Um, he, a runaway pope. A <laughs> runaway pope. Yes, that's the best way to describe him. But it's yeah. I'm really. I, I'm. I've been reflecting on him a lot because he really challenges me as to oh this is God can work in so many different ways. So, um, so let's get into it. So we have Saint Saint Pope Peter Celestine the Fifth. So Pope Celestine was, um, he was born as Peter, um, Pietro, and he was the fifth, uh, fifth child born to a family in Italy. He had to start working in the fields after his father's death, but his mother really loved him and took care of him, gave, saw in him the um, fruit of, of an intellectual and someone who really desired holiness. Uh, so at 17, he became a Benedictine monk, but after five years, he left with two companions to a cave to live according to the life of Saint John the Baptist. So uh, extreme penance and um, austerity and um, and a, a life of uh, sometimes a bit excessive. And so he was actually admonished in a vision not to destroy the body which god uh, which God gave him and to support his body, because he would really uh, he saw the body as something that, you know, was, was bad and, and needed to be subdued. Um, so he, um, many people, you know, seeing his holiness and especially his way of life would flock to him. And, um, he started an order under the Benedictine rule and his numbers actually grew to really big. It was uh, about 600 at one point And it was around that time that, also, there was uh, no pope for two years, and so during this, the, this time, Peter wrote to the cardinals admonishing them that, you know, you have to elect a pope. There's two uh, stories of, of how this happened, but it's also said that the cardinals responded by electing Peter then as pope. Now, he did not want this at all. He tried to flee, and uh, after my, many tears and mourning, he finally accepted his election, though. Uh, with with a certain reluctance, but also knowing, like, okay, this is this is God's will. Um, he took the name Celestine V, and um, that's why his order as well has also is now called the Celestines. He did many things differently after becoming pope, and some people might consider it, you know, what his time a disaster, but it's actually like he was so generous, he would just give. And he was, you know, he encouraged the clerics to strive for holiness and live in a certain, uh, you know, the aesthetic life. He also lived in a small cell in his papal apartment. So he never, um, he never entered into that life of the, uh, of what other popes had done before him. So um, during this time, too, he um, he issued a formal decree allowing popes to abdicate um, from the papacy. And so then he himself abdicated. uh, He abdicated himself on December 13, uh, 1294. And he escaped into the woods and the mountains, and yeah, like many many people thought, oh, he's the runaway pope, he's escaping. He there's a lot of criticism against what he did. He escaped into the woods and the mountains, um, but then the the next pope Boniface who. Uh, was elected after him had a certain fear that you know the fear of having two popes at the same time and maybe what will people think? What will they do? Mm. So uh, he chased after him and uh, and um, so Peter was captured and put into a prison cell um, for the rest of his life. And it was there, you know, he he actually in that cell he said, "Oh well, you know, I desired nothing in the world but a cell, and so a cell they have given me." So even in his imprisonment, he uh, was so happy because this is—he um, never complained, even though they treated him really badly. Uh, very interestingly enough, though, um, Benedict XVI um, used this same decree to resign from the papacy. Uh, he actually went to go visit the tomb of C- uh, Celestine, and um, for uh, you know, s- soon after he uh, actually. Uh, resigned himself, and so Benedict for Saint Celestine is, is close to to Benedict because he really sees in him the a virtue of what he gave up, and you know he says like the the monk does not live for himself but for others, um, and it is it is good for the church. So this this understanding of uh, yeah, he resigned. He escaped, and even when Benedict also resigned, you know, many people didn't understand what he was doing. But Benedict himself too saw, and he gave a he gave witness to like, no, there is there's something much more to this ministry, much more, and that I, I'm not able to do. But my going away, it's not that I'm escaping, but I'm actually entering into this, um, into the life of the church um, with prayer and. Um, and really praying in a in a different way, entering into the my the ministry as a priest and um, as a, you know a father of the church too. So, yeah, uh,
0: you know, <laughs> yesterday while uh, reading a lot about him, I I was like, should we really think about him, write about him? I was confused. Yeah. But then. You Know he is a canonized saint in the church, mm-hmm. so I was thinking, Sindhu, why do you why is it that you don't want to write about him? I'm like, ah, oh, there's a lot of confusion, you know, everything was okay till he became Pope, <laughs> but after that, things are in confusion, so I didn't know what to and how to. But I prayed, and uh, I, I, again and again, I read a lot. I was really confused when I came across uh, Dante's, you know. Uh, Uh, regard about him. Like, uh, Dante didn't name him just like that. Uh, You know, in his uh, book, he says like, you know, I saw and recognized the shade of him who due to cowardice made the great refusal in in Inferno, uh, Mm -hmm.
1: chapter
0: three. So then I was like, oh boy, (laughs) what is this? Because I love Dante. But then, uh, but then as I read again and again, uh, I found that Dante didn't you say his name, but his that son and others assumed that it may be him, mm. uh, but Petrarch, you know, he declared uh, in his uh, De Vita Solitaria that Celestine's refusal was a, a virtuous example of solitary life. Then I remembered about Pope Benedict visiting him and all these stuff. And when I read again, wow! Then w- when I read Pope Benedict, I was like, whoa! There, the light started, you know, uh, blinking in my head and. Then I really knew, like, and it also helped me to look a lot into my life. Even today, during my adoration, you know, the churches are open, so I went to do the holy hour in the church. I was like, I could, ref- this holy man Celestine helped me reflect a lot, mainly to accept my failures and my weaknesses in all humility. So that's why, you know, we chose that quote yesterday uh, about Mother Teresa. Like she says, like, you know, all that has been said about humility is not enough to teach you humility.
1: Mm. All
0: that you have read about humility is not enough to teach you humility. You learn humility only by accepting humiliations and you will meet humiliation all through your life. And the greatest humiliation is to know that you are nothing. This you come to know when you are when you are face to face with God in prayer. I'm like, oh, my, that was my problem. That was my problem. I had the greatest humiliation <laughs> to know that I'm nothing. Yeah. You know, and that I I experienced again today during all the hour, like, oh, my, you know, all my weaknesses, everything. If I don't accept it and take it from the hand of the Lord, and offer it back to him. You know, the accuser will catch me and he will destroy me terribly. But. The greatest knowledge, like Mother Teresa said, like you know, east uh, or the greatest humiliation is to know that we are nothing. Yeah. You know, when all these things, our weaknesses and our frailties, come and stand in front in front of us, you know, we'll get shattered. But, but the Lord just stoops. Do... Hey, I just came, just for that. You know, <laughs> I, I I'm sending you Holy Spirit. Just for this, because yeah. I know that you you are like this, you know, you cannot do this all on your own. So that's why I'm sending you Holy Spirit. So coming back to Pope Celestine, like, you know, he was such a holy man. He never, ever desired any honor, any position. Only thing he wanted was to live in his cell, just yeah. meditating, contemplating. And people may think like, oh, what are they doing? That is where. Uh, you know, we, what uh, Pope Benedict, you know, such a great theologian, such a fine mind of our times, uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, and he says, like, um, uh, this is what Pope Benedict says. He said these words to the young people of the city about the choice Saint Celestine made of a hermit's life and its a benefit to the life of the Church. This is what Pope says. Perhaps you will say to me. But if we look, for example, at Saint Peter Celestine in his choice of the hermitical life, might there not have been individualism or an escapism from responsibility? This temptation does, of course, exist. The pope doesn't deny that there is a temptation like that, which all of us, you know, uh, go through at some point in our life. But he says he continues. But in the experiences approved by the church, the solitary life of prayer and penance, is always at the service of the community, open to others. It is never in opposition to the community's needs. Wow. Hermits and monasteries are oases and sources of spiritual life from which all may draw. The monk does not live for himself, but for others. And it is for the good of the church and of society that he cultivates the contemplative life. So that the church and society may always be irrigated by new energies by the Lord's action. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, nobody lives for themselves, especially those people who live in uh, in, in solitude, praying, contemplating. You know again and again you know we have said this many times i think during our podcast but it comes back again to my mind what my spiritual director told me and what you know jesus told saint faustina sometimes we think that it is in doing that many things are being done in the in the world but no it is in being in being of course doing is needed. doing should be there but if all this doing doesn't stem from this being you know, I don't think it may produce much fruit. So that's why Jesus told Saint Faustina, like, you know, when you when you are working with, when you are meditating with me in contemplation, when my soul reaches the soul of the Lord, my spiritual father told me, then you save many souls, Hindu, much more than you would gain by your own preaching. I'm like, whoa, that is so cool. And Jesus again says, like, you know, when we are in adoration, when we, uh, you know, in front of the Blessed Sacrament, when we are with Him anywhere in prayer, the Lord is laboring with us and laboring for us. And so much work is being done there. So that is the essence of this solitude and prayer. And that's why, you know, when Pope Benedict XVI resigned, he's still called Pope Emeritus uh, and he he is now leading a life of prayer and writing and reflecting and his prayer is irrigating our church by new energies. So Mm -hmm. that is amazing about this. So and also there is a humble lead there to me like Sindhu, you should be doing what you are good at doing and let others who are better than you in other things. Let them do the other stuff because we are the church. You know, we are the body of Christ. So all of us build the church. There will be administrators. There will be teachers. There will be preachers. There will be people who do other kinds of work. So. Uh, that is what we see in the in the church in the beauty of the church so just like mother teresa said you know even the yeah. greatest saint has to go through go through the greatest humiliation to know that we are nothing but we are everything when we with god when we are with god
1: yeah i think w- one of the big things that i've been reflecting on in saint peter uh, celestine has really been helping me to see and understand as well is that um the saints always lived way ahead of their time. And when Mm. I mean way ahead, they didn't even live in time. They lived in eternity. (laughs) They lived in heaven, right? And so in in that way, they lived way ahead of their time. And what is heaven? Yes, it is this like complete contemplation. It's that, you know, illumination of God where we're so caught up in him where nothing Mm. else matters. And Mm. here you have St. Peter who is, that's all he wants. And many mm. people didn't understand that. So even if we were to say, no, 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 leave heaven and that fullness with God and come and work, you know, to take care of the church, you mm. would be like, No, that's crazy. Like be with God and God can is working and you 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 are so much, you know, needed there in that um in that union with him. Mm. And so even with this too, I, I, I've been thinking about the, the contemplative life and, and, and monks and hermits and um those uh, men and women who want to be completely devoted to the lord and they they are very misunderstood in this world yeah Mm -hmm. it does come across as oh you're being selfish yourself not just selfish but like Mm -hmm. oh because there are many people who say like yeah i just want to be by myself i don't want to take care of my children i just want to do what i want when i want you know Mm -hmm. that we see they see that as, as a certain freedom but the these men and women of God who become completely devoted to, um, to mm-hmm. God, they're actually fully living for the other. And the other mm-hmm. is, is all of humanity, you know, who is in the Lord's heart. So mm-hmm. for me, St. Peter has really been uh, encouraging me to say to also come back to this thought that you will never be understood in this world. You know, back to mm. that um when we were we were talking with the uh, the young teenage girls, is like, yeah, you are not of this world, so you will be persecuted, mm. you will be misunderstood. Mm. even you know people in the church will sometimes accuse you and will tell you that no, you don't get it, you don't understand this is how you do things um, but even in all of those, you have to trust that god God knows what he's doing, and if you keep mm. your eyes on him and if you um you can and even Saint Benedict, what I love about when when he um was uh, he announced his resignation, he's he says after having repeatedly examined my conscience before mm. this was not something light that he did. He said, No, I just I've had it, it's too much for me. <laughs> you know, I'm going mm. to um I, I'm going to resign. But he, he even says, like having repeatedly examined my conscience, um, it's it's a big um it's a big humiliation because he has to suffer that criticism. He has to take on mm. all of these, um, uh, you know, comments and uh, critiques from not—I'm sure—not just the public, but even the the cardinals and some, maybe even some of his friends. But mm-hmm. there, too, we can rely on the Lord and say, like, Lord, I, I know that my eyes are on you. I know that I'm living in heaven, and I know I am mm-hmm. not made for this world. I'm not made to be understood here. So if you're feeling misunderstood, <laughs> you're feeling out of place, Yeah, good for you. <laughs> because then you keep your eyes on heaven, know that you belong in heaven. And in eternity, it's you and God but you and God with everyone else too. So we need to live for the other. We need to completely submit ourselves and surrender and pour out our life for the other. And the greatest Mm -hmm. way we can do that is, of course, to give our whole life to God. So I encourage all those feeling out of place, (laughs) you know, (laughs) continue to feel out of place. You don't belong in this
0: world. (laughs) Yeah, like St. Augustine said, like, you know, God looks at what is within. It is there he assesses. There he examines. So God is the one who puts mark for us, not the world. So when we are with God, we are good. We are safe. So only thing is like we should be thinking with him, not trusting in our abilities or disabilities. But if he tells us to go, go. If he tells us to stay, stay back. You know, that's that's the thing. For that, we really need this wisdom. And, uh, you know, we should ask uh, Saint Celestine and all these, you know, saints who who struggle, who labored and toiled on this earth with God for their assistance in our lives. Just like you were reflecting me, there just one point that came back again to me, Mm -hmm. that echoed back to me was like when the uh, when Pope Celestine was shut in that cell for the rest of his life, he would have labored more and brought more fruit and irrigated the church more than what he did in the five months as a pope. Yeah. So, because God alone knows, you know where where all that energies that He gathered went. So it, it 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 is He who alone knows. So let us pray, Lord, Lord. We thank you for such powerful examples like Pope Saint Celestine uh, and uh, P- uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, and so many people whom Mother Teresa, so many people whom you have raised in front of us as such star such uh, uh, such examples of humility in front of us. And Lord, just Mother Teresa would say, we pray that uh, uh, true humility is when we are unshaken by praises or or, uh, or abuses or whatever is showered upon us, that we will be the same, whatever happens to us, because we are standing on you, the rock. So we will not be shaken. So true humility is standing on the ground, the humus, knowing who we are. We are the child of God. And nothing, nothing, nothing will happen to us, uh, that which you will not permit, that which you do not know. So, Lord, uh, uh, make our lives so strong in that belief, in that conviction and faith. And Pope Celestine, St. Celestine the V, pray for us. Pray for us.